0: um maybe it's a more general question to everybody i mean we probably have touched it on a little bit about um uh, unboxed a bit but what have kind of been your experiences really because we've got a range of people here developers designers storytellers delivery managers uh well-being um of kind of the tech industry specifically i mean i think probably everybody's had a maybe a kind of quite wide-ranging set of experiences, movements through their careers, different jobs they've done. Um, how did you kind of end up doing what you're doing and how have you found that kind of journey as, as a woman? That's another big question, but they're all big questions to think about, right? <laughs>
1: Can I jump in with that one? Because I I think it it is such an interesting question because there's a real debate around women in tech, especially on the development side, because um, I think one of the big things is simply because women developers tend to be less visible because there are fewer of us. But I'd also argue having come into tech relatively late in my life and having worked in other sectors before, that I'd say the tech industry is addressing it a lot more than other industries that I've worked in. Um, I worked in newspapers before I was a developer, and that was a really heavily male-dominated environment, um, especially around the sports desk and so on, where I spent a lot of time. And I actually found technology to be a much more inclusive and welcoming place, for example, than a newsroom. So it almost took me by surprise coming into the sector late in life that um, it was seen as a as a bad and not welcoming place for women. Because I always felt that certainly the places where I worked, although there might have been um, a real minority of women working in all aspects of tech, not just development, that something was being seen to be done about it. And um, I'm also really aware that by saying my experiences have been broadly positive is sometimes mistaken for minimizing other people's experiences. And I think that's a, a, a road that we have to be really careful to go down because you know, there's a real tendency to say, oh, well, I've had positive experiences or broadly positive experiences. And then um, it sometimes feels if you say that, that you're not being supportive or not believing women who've had less positive experiences. So I'm acutely aware. Um, and also I think there's also, there's a bit of an age thing as well. In many ways, it's easier to be an older woman and, um, And coming into tech later in life, maybe you feel slightly more sure of things in your life, and it's not the same as being a younger woman in tech. So I also recognise that difference as well.
2: I can relate to what you're saying about newspapers, because I started out my career as a journalist as well on a newspaper. And it was a very sexist <laughs> environment and i particularly found it really hard as well because not only was i a woman i was a woman of color as well um and it was quite a hard-nosed um dismissive sexist came up with all the most incorrect political politically incorrect things you could possibly think of <laughs> um type of environment and you really had to work hard to prove yourself and to be taken seriously. Um, it was, you know, it was one of those things which it's the first job for me as well. So I was very young <laughs> um, and I was fresh-faced out of university and to be exposed to that as my first place in the workforce, it was challenging. Um, I learned a lot and it helped me um sort of shaped my view and my my coping pe- mechanisms and ability to handle and deal with situations like this in other workplaces. But um it was definitely the school of hard knocks <laughs> um that I I felt when I was uh, there. Um I wonder what it's like in a newsroom these days um but it was particularly Particularly, um, exposing, um, how people could think that and, and be that way, um, considering the things that they would write about in newspapers around these issues anyway. <laughs> so, um, yes, very eye-opening for me. But, and I do agree also that tech does seem to be more inclusive around other, uh, other roles. But I still feel like while well, unboxed is really great around this, there's other places i've worked where there is there is work that that needs to be done um and in particular around getting promoted and um things like the gender pay gap and things like that um there's still quite a lot of work i i would say from from what i've experienced to be done um but and i and i agree as well with you um rianne about you know Sometimes people may have positive experiences, but that doesn't detract from those that have still experienced quite a lot of difficulty as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's what my my two pennies worth.
1: <laughs> a fellow newsroom victim.
3: <laughs> I can't imagine working in a newsroom as a young woman. It just sounds terrifying at that time. Um, I thought you made a good point, Rianne. I'm Laura hello <laughs> we haven't met but I've heard lots about you um, about about age um, I haven't really worked in tech that long actually I came through a different kind of background but um I, I mentioned some of the experience I had earlier in in quite a sexist environment and I look back and, and I must have been in my early 20s at the time an experience I had and I think now I would immediately call that out and just look that person in the face and say, what are you talking about? You can't talk to me like that. You can't talk to young women in the office about that. Constantly talking about what they're wearing and I'm, um, you know, making just lewd comments in front of other male, male, colleagues and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and just constant, constant, constant to the point that me and other, other young women varied our route around the office to not go past certain people, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, I just I hope that kind of environment has changed now with with me too and I, and younger women maybe um, being being more confident to call that out but but I just don't know because I feel like that kind of confidence not just in sense of you know dealing with horrible people but um, just confidence in myself and who I am only really came in my probably mid to late thirties hugely partly becoming a mother and just having to deal with um being like more than one person <laughs> i guess um but yeah i i, I just yeah I, I i i think it's amazing if young young women can do that and sort of make their place at that age and and, and sort of stand up to sexism or misogyny in the workplace without support.
0: I think it's um that I think that's really interesting. So I've got my daughter is nearly seventeen, and even just talking to her about her experience of the world, how she talks about her experience of the world. Obviously, it's quite limited. She's had a a relatively privileged upbringing. She's you know she's not had terrible difficulties. So she's very aware of of her privilege, of our privilege as a family. And um, um but just I'm kind of honestly perpetually astonished at how um how differently she sees the world to how how I did you know coming as a young woman coming into the workplace obviously I'm in my 50s now it's a very different generation different experience but um it feels so kind of and this again is not to belittle all the rubbish and the terrible things that still happen to women across the world and here and go on and unfortunately probably still will but um just that sort of the way she appro- approaches thinking about what she can do in the world her what jobs she can do what um what she's going to put up with and what she's not going to put up with is incredible really it's completely different to my my upbringing or my experience of the world where i was definitely you know for me i was a product of a army family where women really were <clears throat> expected just to kind of be at home and be the officer's wife really and that's kind of the, that's what the world was for them so just sort of, um, you know, and my aspirations really probably were to kind of get my typing qualifications and <laughs> be someone's secretary. That was kind of what 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 the aspiration was then. Um, so to actually talk about to, to my daughter, it's super important to be able to have all these conversations to talk about what's not what 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 what's not right for young people, for young women particularly, um, to have their to have their voices heard, to take a stand and to feel very kind of empowered. Um, again, I'm speaking from a very personal, very kind of narrative and um, limited experience with my daughter and her experience. But I do see a lot of young women of her her contemporaries sort of really kind of owning things much, much differently and being more prepared for a workplace than perhaps sort of my older generation was.
1: I think that's really true. And I think, um, it's very important for going back to the idea of minimizing things. I think it's really important, um, as an older woman, not to give younger women, um, the impression that somehow they're lucky because it's not, there are still so many problems. And, um, Although, and a lot of the way things have changed is because um, young women of Mabel's age and in their 20s have actually been able to speak up and been really brave. And that process of women bravely speaking up is something that we have to really support and applaud rather than go, oh, you know, if you thought you have it hard, we had it harder and all that sort of thing. Because it's just, not, you know, it. it's... I remember um, one of my colleagues when I was working on the paper was a woman who... Um, probably about 20 years older than me. And she was from the generation who um, she couldn't, as a single mother, she hadn't been able to get a mortgage. Um, Her father had to be her guarantor because you couldn't actually in the 1960s in the UK get a mortgage as, I think it might even have been the early 70s. And that made me realize we make progress, but there's still so much more progress to make.
3: That's crazy.
1: <laughs> I can't believe that. You know
3: what? One tiny thing, progress that I would like us to make, and this is really uh, a small thing, is being forced to write miss, missus, or Misses on a form. Oh, It God. really drives me crazy. Like, why do I have to tell anyone my marital status? It's totally irrelevant. And actually, the optician the other day asked me, he said, Are you miss? I thought you said you were married. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what why do you need to know that um and it yeah, it's not such a big thing as not being able to get a mortgage, which is just insane, but um it's these little things that just show that yeah it that just purely comes down to saying as a woman you're defined by your marital status or or your spinster status if you I start calling myself ms, and that I choose that on forms all the time because I think that.
0: That means i don't know what that means to be honest I do, I do the same sort of well I'm, not, I'm non-committal why do i have to tell you because people yeah. still don't really understand
2: <laughs> it's weird declare your status <laughs> isn't
0: it? Is it yeah it's not as a mister and then we have all these choices yeah,
3: yeah. sorry that was an aside carry on
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a really valid point <laughs> um I suppose one of the things, that, just thinking from a, a tech perspective, um, which would be interesting, is what do we think we can do more of to support women to get into this industry? Because I think, you know, all of us have had great... We're having a great experience at Unbox, but um, uh, for, for younger generations and older generations, um, if you wanted to get into this industry and, you know... Um, how can what kind of
0: advice do you think we would we should give to to women? I don't know if this is giving to women, but I um I always think that it's quite good to get people into schools. You know, the kind of the classic careers day where well, they've all moved on obviously since my day, but you know, one of the things that we um did before the um lockdown happened was we had a um a work experience student lined up to come and work with us for a couple of weeks, which I was really excited about and it hasn't happened since, I'm afraid, but it would be really good to get back on. But it really made me think about what do young women hear about in schools, about career opportunities and what's available to them. You know, when you get people coming in to talk about things, I don't don't think any of my kids have ever heard about coding or developing, or maybe that's just because I wasn't listening, but it doesn't seem like it's one of those things that's, particularly pushed maybe it is within stem a bit more now but um kind of getting in quite early with women um maybe particularly in terms of developing and coding that's something that we could just be talking to more more about to young people in terms of careers and and earlier on is making making it visible what jobs you can do
3: actually my my son who's nine is already doing coding at school oh, <laughs> so well, <there> <laughs> it's, it's in there but um yeah, I don't know who the who the kind of role models are. And even at that age, you can see the kids are already separated into the boys and the girls. And they come out with things like saying that's the boy's job. And I know when they, they have the sort of firefighters and police officers that come into school, they all often seem to be men, even though those jobs are also equally done by women. But yeah, it's an interesting point, like who are the... For a variety of careers. Because, yeah, I agree, our career stay at school were just ridiculous. It's like <laughs> you can be a doctor, a lawyer, uh, or um, that's about it. Oh, that was the options that my school gave us. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, um, I was just going to say, I think it's interesting that we have um, five of us here, and not a single one of us went into tech straight from school or straight from university. So. Um, That shows something, doesn't it? It shows that maybe we're not thinking about not being presented with these options straight away and um, or maybe finding our way in through other routes because to a certain extent, it's a job of privilege and maybe not something that if you haven't had time to go to university or college or whatever straight after university, maybe not something that you think of doing or something that's not presented in schools as a first career option. I mean, Cassie, you came into tech via a, through a very roundabout route yourself. Do you think you would have if you'd been given the option earlier, or do you th- think not?
4: I think yeah, it's quite a difficult question to answer. I think because my answer's gonna be so subjective But um, when I was at school, um, when I was at school, I had a very, very—I'd um, seen. I grew up in the foster care system, and I very much don't come from a privileged background. And I had a very deep hunger to make the world better than what I'd found it. And so when I was choosing careers or what I wanted to do in the world, it was kind of based on this sort of like, I want to make a positive impact and make the world better. And tech was just never on my radar. <laughs> um, you know, the first kinds of things that jumped into mind when I was thinking about making the world a better place were things like becoming a doctor. And so that's kind of what I pursued. And then I became a paramedic. And basically I spent six years in ambulances and what I saw was that a lot of medicine is just fixing the consequences of problems, but not really or like the symptoms of problems, but it doesn't necessarily fix, you know, the causes of them. And then that kind of led me to thinking about, you know, what it what is it that actually causes problems or causes the problems that we encounter today. And then through that sort of like roundabout route, I resigned from my job and I was very lost and very like, I don't know, don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. I was on this path for so long and now I'm lost. And it was just kind of by happenstance that I got invited to a hackathon one day. And I'll never forget, I remember walking into this big kind of boardroom and there were a bunch of people my age and they were talking about problems, but they weren't just talking about problems, they were talking about how to fix them. And I was just so blown away and I kind of like, that became my gateway to learning about economics and um, tech and politics and all of these kind of like intertwined things um, and design thinking and systems thinking. And so the world of tech for me became a place where I could test sort of, I, or I could look at problems, figure out how to solve them instead of kind of becoming overcome by them. And I think I would have been saved a lot of suffering if I'd known that this was kind of that there were other ways to solve or to help the world other than like being a doctor or being a teacher um, earlier. So sort of to answer the question, but I, I think it wasn't that I wasn't aware of tech, but I just I wasn't aware that tech was a space in which you could kind of still make a difference.
0: I think that's an amazing point to end on. We are about out of time. So I'm just going to wrap up and say we could probably talk about this like all day long. And thank <laughs> you so much. Um, I feel like we've just scratched the surface. But thank you to everybody um, for joining the podcast today. Ryan thank you so much. Also for thank dropping you. Lovely in to see you all.
1: all lovely to see you all
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can catch up the conversation again some other time. Thank you, everybody.